This is Dr. Benner with the Shelbourne Knee Center podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Bauman, and today's topic is going to be a new wound closure device for total knee arthroplasty. This is a study that we did a couple of years back on an alternative to staples. I, like most people, or like a lot of people, use staples for wound closure and total knee replacements and had another device pitched to me that could potentially have some advantages over staples, and uh, we're going to talk about that in this in this uh, episode about how we came to use this device and a study that we worked on to try to decide whether or not this was the right thing for us to do and the results of that. So before we dive into this study, just want to remind everybody that can hit us up on our social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter at the SKC podcast on our SKC podcast Facebook page. We're also on YouTube if you get your podcast that way, or you can email us at the SKC podcast at gmail.com. Dr. Benner, you mentioned that there are a couple different closure devices or closure procedures to close the wound after knee replacement, and that led to determining this study. So can you run through the rationale on why you want to design this specific study with this closure device? Sure. When I was uh, when I was in training, both in residency and fellowship, pretty much everybody closed total knee replacements with staples, and the staples are fine. They're probably the gold standard wound closure device that everybody's pro- measuring against as they come up with different wound closure devices. But some patients really don't like staples. I, I found it interesting that sometimes in clinic, patients would say, "I'm not worried about you doing my knee replacement. I'm worried about getting those staples out." To which I always responded with, "Are you aware of what I'm about to do to you? Because that you know you don't you seem to be worried about." the wrong thing. But in reality, they didn't worry about that. They said, I'm going to be asleep for all that. You're going to do what you have to do. I understand how that goes, but I'm really nervous about those staples coming out. And Scott, you got to experience this a couple of times when you were in our therapy department taking staples out. About once a, a couple times a year, we would walk through the therapy gym and people would be screaming in pain uh, about getting their staples taken out. And from, for, for, you know, some listening, they may think, gosh, that seems like too big of a reaction for patients to have. You know, why were they doing that? But it, the reality is that some people really, really, really didn't like getting their staples taken out, didn't like the look of them, didn't like the way they pulled on things when they moved their knee. And because of that, we started to think about uh, an alternative way to be able to close the wound. I was approached by a company that made the zip line at that time to kind of pitch it to me and I thought it was an interesting device with some uh, some potential some potential advantages specifically the most obvious being the wound clo- the uh, the wound closure removal part so uh, taking the staples out as I said was uh, something that generated a lot of anxiety for patients some people thought it was very painful and they were really worried about versus the zip line just peels right off the skin it's it's uh, people sometimes get a little concerned about it but not often and people are always surprised by after you pull that thing off like wow that was it that's the whole thing and and, and it's done so that was one of the main ones the second one was cosmesis People are worried about, or we, I was worried about the staple tracks that you often see on the side of uh, incisions that are closed with staples. People would come back even years later with those dots on either side of the incision, just wasn't as good of a look. And then I also wanted to know, is this potentially more comfortable for the patients? Is it to... Does it provide any kind of an advantage to the patients, functionally speaking, early on after surgery? So I started off in the same way that probably everybody does. I just tried it a few times just to see if I thought there was any benefits. And once I used it a few times and thought I, I did see the benefits that I thought I was going to see, then we wanted to put it to the test and, uh, and do a study around it. Yeah, you had mentioned that I had the opportunity to take these out when I was working with patients, and I always found it fascinating on how how scared people were. I mean, it's almost a borderline panic attack, even just talking about taking them out. I'd pull the staple remover out and, and move within a, a couple inches of their knee and they'd say, what are you doing? And I say, well, 
I got to take these staples out. And, you know, how are you going to do that? Well, this staple mover does it. And the, uh, yeah, there was a lot of fear associated with that. So I, I can see the rationale for that. Yeah, and sometimes people, you know, it ended up being not as big of a deal. Sometimes then you clip the staples out. We're like, oh, I, that wasn't so bad after all, et cetera. And, you know, at, at first I had the same reaction a lot of people probably do, was to, which was to be judgmental of it and, you know, and sometimes even ridicule or laugh about it. But uh, after a while, I had to think about it a little more seriously. Like, it, it's it's a real problem. People really didn't like it. And and as as their caregivers, it was incumbent upon us to to take that for what it was worth and try to do something about it. So once you decided to run with this study, what was your your working hypothesis on which closure device you thought would have better cosmesis and better pain and, and those types of variables? Well, there are a couple other different ones, and uh, you know, some people just close with uh, with sutures and steri strips. Um, some people use other different kinds of wound, wound closure devices. I don't want to get into a bunch of uh, commercial entities that uh, that 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 uh, provide these, but there are a lot of things out there as an alternative to staples to try to help with wound with wound closure. Uh, my specific one, the zip line, I had a couple different hypotheses. One was, does it provide any kind of a pain control advantage? Is it less painful when they have the device on? Secondly, then of course, is is the device more painful or less painful to remove and then is there a cosmetic advantage does the wound look better and do they potentially even have some some better early functional parameters such as range of motion so those are the kind of things we looked at and we hypothesized in all those in all of those uh, parameters that the uh, that the zip line may provide a an advantage to staples so what was the methodology with this study how did you set it up so it's tough when you're designing a study about uh, patients' subjective feelings about a in pain associated with any kind of an intervention because some people just regard pain in a different way than others. Some people regard a relatively small amount of stimulus as very painful, and some people may regard it as no pain at all. So the, the thing that we did to try to mitigate this was we did a, a bilateral total knee study where we took patients that had both knees done simultaneously, and we used a zip line on one side side and the staples on another side. So we remove that variable of how the patient reacts versus how a different patient reacts. The patient served as their own control. Uh, they had the control device on the, on the other knee. So we, we thought that was a good way to try to eliminate uh, variables that we could uh, associated with this. We then, uh, after the study was done, we looked at a lot of early and some later post-operative parameters. So one, we had them fill out a pain control survey, uh, a Likert scale, to, just to rate their pain at the incision site on each knee and then compare it side to side. We then did that during the removal of the wound closure device, either taking the staples out or taking the zip line off and had them rate their pain associated with that as well. We then looked at range of motion. Is there a range of motion improvement in the first few weeks while they're wearing the device? And then later on, we actually had a panel of plastic surgeons look at the wounds afterwards, blinded to whether or not the patients had had a zip line or a staple, and rate the appearance of the scars in order for us to get an idea of whether the scars looked better or whether they had a different cosmetic outcome. And then we just simply asked the patients, which one do you prefer to try to gauge patient preference? Those are all the things that we looked at to try to evaluate this. Now, before we get into the results of the study, can you describe exactly how the zipline works for anybody that may not be familiar with this type of product? 
Sure. So the zip line is an adhesive based wound closure device. It's got adhesive strips on either side of the incision, and then it has little plastic zip tie, uh, zip tie looking things that uh, pull those two adhesive strips together. The nice thing about it is there's nothing that actually pierces the skin and there's nothing then that has to be taken out of the skin directly. It just has to be peeled off. It also theoretically takes the stress of the tension on the skin away from the actual edge of the skin. So instead of pulling directly on the edge of the skin with a staple or with a suture, it's pulling from outside the incision and compressing the skin edges together. So that's another uh, just, just philosophical way that the device works is to give the, an area in the middle where there's kind of a, an isolation zone away from stress, that the stress is more peripheral from the incision. And then the adjacent zip ties are linked in kind of a zigzag fashion uh, where, you know, if you, if you number the zip ties, one, two, three, four, numbers one and two are linked together on one side of the incision. Numbers two and three are linked together on the other side of the incision and so on and so forth. And because of that, as the patient bends the knee and there's some tension longitudinally along the device, it actually, because of that zigzag pattern, compresses the skin edges together. Uh, and that's another way that it was pitched to me anyway, that the device had some specific advantages that made it more apt to have a nice, healed, cosmetically appealing wound. So what, what were the results with this study, with the parameters that you have already laid out in the methods? So early on, we looked at uh, pain at discharge from the hospital. We looked at pain during the two-week uh, visit when we took the device off, before we took it off, and then pain, the amount of pain during device removal. And along all three of those parameters, there was a statistically significant decrease in pain with the zip device uh, as opposed to the staples. So there's a statistically significant improvement in pain at discharge from the hospital a day or two after surgery. And then before the device was taken off at the two-week visit, there was less pain in the zip, zip line group. And during device removal, there was a statistically significant decrease in pain as well. We then looked at range of motion and we measured that just as the arc of motion at the two-week removal of the device. On the zip line side, the patients had 107 degrees of flexion. On the staple side, had 104 degrees of flexion, and that was statistically significant. And of the 25 patients that we had in this study, 18 of the 25 patients had more range of motion on the zip line side, and 11 of them had greater than a five-degree difference in range of motion. So it sounds like a relatively small difference, but there was 11 out of the 25 patients greater than five degrees improvement in flexion where there was no difference in range of motion uh, pre-procedure. When it comes to the scar rating that we had by the patient and the surgeon, the patients rated their scar on a scale of 1 to 10 as one point, a mean of 1.3 on the zip line side and 2.7 on the staple side. So the patients rated their scar statistically significantly better on the zip line side versus the staple side. And the surgeons also rated it better. Um, that'd be me. Uh, 1.8 on the zip line side, 3.3 on the staple side. Statistically significant improvement. Uh, and then when we looked at patient preference at the time of device removal, 23 of the 25 patients preferred the zip line at the eight-week patients. Apparently, a couple of patients had changed their mind. 21 of 20 of 25 preferred the zip line. So greater than 80%, almost 90% of the patients preferred the zip line versus the staples. Those seem like pretty clear results on the comparison between the two closure devices. And maybe this is just my, my PT brain turning on, but the, the statistic that really stuck out to me was the 18 of 25 patients had more range of motion on the zip side and 11 had greater than five degree difference between the two knees. Any idea why that may be and why you're seeing uh, 
you know, not a not a huge difference in range of motion, but five degrees and 11 patients out of 25 for the cohort uh, seems pretty significant to me. Any idea why you would see that difference? Yeah, I think it just speaks to increased comfort that the patient has when they bend their knee. I think on the zip line side, when they bent their knee, they did not feel any real tugging on the skin from the staples going actually through the skin, as opposed to the zip line just sitting on the skin. Uh, and I think because of that, they were able to push a little bit farther on the zip line side as opposed to the staple side. So, you know, does it change anything mechanically with the knee? Of course not. We know that. But it does potentially make the patient more comfortable while they're bending their knee in the early time period. And as we all know, whatever advantages we can get with regard to range of motion in the early time after surgery, it's definitely worth it. Now, taking all the variables that you looked at into account, what is your takeaway from this study? Is there any clinical relevance or have you changed your practice in any way based on the findings of this study? Absolutely did. So, you know, I tried to look at this like I try to look at a lot of research things and in uh, new products. And I would encourage everybody to to do it this way. If you have a new product that somebody pitches you first, you have to, of course, think about it. You know, do I think conceptually that it makes sense to uh, see the advantages that the company is pitching to me that they're going to have by using this. Does it make sense to me or not? And if it doesn't make sense to me, there are a lot of things that people show me and I say, thank you, but I don't think this is probably right for me and, I, and I'm not really interested. However, if they get past that initial kind of screening threshold where I say, you know what, I do actually think this makes sense. I do think this is a potential advantage and I think there's a problem that we're trying to solve that this could potentially help with. Then I start to decide whether or not I want to try it on my patients. And in this case, I think I tried this like 10 or 12 times to see what the patients thought of it first. And I did get positive feedback from it rather than just change my practice. Then I tried to put it to the to the test with data. And we did it in a in a randomized controlled trial, what we believe to be a level one pretty elegant study design to try to answer this question, and really eliminate all other variables except for uh, the one the, the one that we had, the zip line versus the staples. But I think everybody can look at their data in that we just follow your patients for a period of time and get something tangible uh, about, about the patients to make this decision on. Anybody who uses any kind of a new device, if you use it on 20 patients, you're going to just naturally want to look back and say, yeah, I think this was better than the alternative. And full disclosure, of course, the limitation of this study, there is some potential for comp confirmation bias in that our patients were being told that we think this possibly could lead to an improvement in their in their symptoms. So maybe that makes them more likely to confirm that what we're telling them about that. But uh, the proofs in the data, and, and if you look at something objective, whether it's pain scales, whether it's range of motion measurements, whatever it is, try to find some sort of an evaluation method and compare it to your current methods uh, and objectively measure it rather than just allowing yourself to think, you know what, I think this is probably better. Maybe we should go ahead and keep doing this, you know, because there are potential downsides that we have to keep in mind as well. Yeah, I think this is a great example of, of, of just that. Anecdotally seeing something's working better, designing a study to prove it's better. And it sounds like this has really changed your practice and how you close these wounds after surgery. However, my question for you now, is this something where you use it on 100% of patients or are there any contraindications for using this type of device versus staples? 
The only real contraindication is people who have adhesive allergies. People who say, you know, when I wear, when I use band-aids, I get really, I get really irritated if they've been on for a longer period of time. A lot of times in those patients, which are, which are pretty few and far between, then I, then I will go ahead and still use staples for my closure. But uh, almost, almost nothing's a contraindication. I use it in almost every patient. At the beginning, I was really looking at it more about cosmesis than I was anything else. So I was really just using it on primaries. I was just using it on people who are having first time total knee replacements, thinking that it might have them have them end up with a more visually well-appearing scar. However, over time, after I did this study and we started to see improvements, not just in pain, but also in range of motion, I started using it in all my cases, all my arthroplasty cases. So I use this in revisions, even for people who have a bad looking scar from an old surgery, I still use the zip line. And at first I thought that was probably a waste of money. Why pay a little bit extra money for a zip line when the patient already has a scar and this isn't going to really make that much of a difference in their cosmesis. But when I found the range of motion improvements, I decided to use it in everybody. So yeah, I, I use this really on a hundred percent of arthroplasty cases with the one rare exception being if somebody has a, an adhesive allergy that keeps me from being able to use it. Now to expand on that, knowing what you know now about the zip line, would this have its place in other types of orthopedic surgeries? So I started using this in ACL surgery closures as well. I use it in, in all my sports medicine cases as well. Patella realignments. I do some tibial tubercle osteotomies for patella realignments. I use it for that. Really, really any knee wound that I have now that's a, bigger than a scope portal, I, I use a zipline for. So we've had a lot of positives on this study. Are there any limitations you want to speak to or any complications that you saw with the patients that had the zipline? Yeah, I think an important limitation is the absence of blinding. Obviously, we can't really blind the patients to what kind of wound closure they had. You can't blind me to which kind of wound closure I put on them. And we can't blind our physical therapists who do a lot of the research forms and things like that, or our other research personnel to what the patient had on each knee. So we do have to keep that in mind when we're talking about this. I mentioned earlier potential for confirmation bias. That's another potential limitation. I do tell these patients before, and I did, and I did at the time for the for the study. We think there are some potential advantages versus staples, but we don't know. There might not be any advantage. I tried to pitch it to them in as in as objective of a way as I possibly could, but there's no doubt that if we're doing a trial on a new on a new product, uh, that there is the potential for confirmation bias for the patient and for myself and for our research personnel to think that the device is going to work and then rate things in a little bit different way. As far as complications go, we had one patient get a little bit of superficial skin peeling underneath the device, and we actually included some pictures of that in the in the publication that we had. Um, this resolved at a couple weeks later, so the device was removed off. There was some blistering underneath uh, around the incision. The patient came back two weeks later after just leaving it alone and letting it heal, and the scar looked completely normal. Normal. Um, I have had that happen a couple of times, but it's pretty uncommon, and I've not seen anybody at longer-term follow-up have a uh, have a problem with this, and it's pretty uncommon. I've had one or two patients get a little bit of superficial skin discoloration underneath where the zipline was. The zipline comes off, and they come back to their month or two-month appointment, and it's just a little bit, and the skin's just a little bit darker in that area. All those patients, I have seen it resolve later. Again, I haven't seen anything at longer follow-up uh, that it's caused any problems as far as the uh, as far as the skin turning color or having any long-term problems with it. So, you know, like any new device, you have to be able to take a look at these and, and think critically about them. I've, I've used 
this in pretty much every total knee replacement since about the beginning of 2017. So I've probably used over a thousand of these on total knee replacements and, um, you know, they, they heal reproducibly well. They have a good cosmetic appearance. We've shown that it has some potential pain and, um, functional benefits with regard to patient comfort and range of motion. And I, th- these, these things that I have seen as downsides of the zip line, uh, seem to be really rare. Another limitation of the study that we have to keep in mind is that this was a funded study. The company that makes the zip line did pay us to do this study, uh, and there is the potential for bias there as well. Now, a lot of those things were uh, rated by the patient and by outside surgeons uh, that uh, were not uh, paid, but, uh, but we have to keep that in mind. Of course, I never think that negates any study findings, but it's important to keep in mind. Well, Dr. Bender, thanks for going over this study. I think it's good information to look at differences between two closure devices and, and comparing the two from a research perspective. So I appreciate you going over that. Next episode we have next week is looking at tourniquet use for total knees. We did a study oh, about a, uh, six or 12 months ago where we looked at the difference between using a tourniquet and not using a tourniquet uh, during total knee replacements and looking at the outcomes that that yielded from a range of motion, pain, and and strength standpoint. So that'll be next week's episode, and uh, be sure to tune in next week. You can also hit us up on our social media at our Instagram and Twitter pages at the SKC Podcast. You can see us on the SKC Podcast Facebook page. You can find us on YouTube if you get your podcast that way, or you can potentially email us if you have any questions at the SKC podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a review if you'd like to support us and you've enjoyed our content to this to this point. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and a comment so then when other people come around, they can see your comments and uh, let, us, let them know that you've enjoyed the podcast. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.